I've titled uh, my sermon this morning, Optimism, Pessimism, Your Choice. Pessimism, Optimism, Your Choice. I want to start out with an account. You might be getting the idea that you know this person because you may have heard portions of this, his testimony. So I'll start like this. He didn't quit, although he had every reason to. His family was forced out of their home. He had to work to support them. His mother died two years later. He failed in business. He ran for state legislature. He didn't make it. He failed at that. He also lost his job. He wanted to go to law school, but he couldn't get in. He borrowed money from a friend to begin a business. He went bankrupt. He spent next 17 years paying off his debts. He ran for state legislature again, and he won this time. He was engaged to be married. His sweetheart died, and his heart was broken. He had a total nervous breakdown, and he was in bed for six months. He sought to become speaker of the state legislature, and he was defeated. He ran for Congress. He lost. Remember, he didn't quit. At this point, what would you do? But he didn't do that. He ran for Congress again. He won. He did a good job. But he wasn't reelected. He ran for Congress again, and he lost again. He tried to get a job as a land officer in his home state. They rejected him. He ran for Senate of the United States. He lost. He sought the vice, president nomina- vice presidential nomination of his party's national convention. They refused to make him vice president. He lost that one. He ran for Senate again. He lost again. But he wasn't finished. He ran for president of the United States, and he won. And anybody know his name? Abraham Lincoln. Optimist, pessimist, your choice. Winston Churchill said, a pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. This morning, I want to ask you and myself to examine our own attitudes and ask ourselves, am I an optimist? Am I a pessimist? And why do I have that attitude? As our country seems to be filling with despair and hopelessness, one's attitude can make a difference. Let's begin by defining terms. What is an optimist? An optimist is a person with an inclination to expect or to hope for the best. That's the dictionary definition. Roger's thesaurus gives us synonyms. It's not cinnamon. Synonyms, which are words that mean the same. And those words in Roger's thesaurus are hopefulness, cheerfulness, assurance, certainty, confidence, positive, enthusiasm, logical realism, encouraging, it's happiness, and then it concludes with a wonderful word. Here's how Roger's thesaurus concludes the list. See faith. See faith. Because it contains all of those things. The faith we have in Jesus Christ and his word contains all of that. The antonyms, the opposite of optimism, is pessimism. It's defined as an attitude, often habitual, of seeing the dark side of things, expecting the worst to happen. I guess that says it all. 
the way an optimist sees life and the way a pessimist sees life. Where do you fall on that spectrum? Synonyms, the same, bleak, dismal, worrisome, negative, hopeless, gloomy, distrustful, and cynical. Optimism is your investment in hope. Pessimism is your investment in despair. Where are you living? I want to make the case for optimism, why I want to be an optimist and why I pray you do too. Number one, optimism is your choice. We should choose optimism over pessimism. This is our God-given right to choose. Choose The idea that God has given us the right to choose is woven throughout the Bible. Listen, for example, to Isaiah 7.16. It says, refuse evil and choose good. Isaiah 56.4 says, choose things that please God. And Isaiah 56.4, I mean, uh, and then uh, Jeremiah, uh, Joshua 24.15 says this. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in certainty and in truth and put away the gods which your father served in the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that was on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites whose land you dwell in. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. A choice. A choice between two spectrums. Choosing good or choosing evil. Choosing uplifted or choosing downtrodden. Choosing the positive, choosing the negative. It's your choice how you see life and what you believe. If the definition of pessimism is an attitude of seeing the dark side of things or expecting the worst to happen, why would you choose that despair over God's hope? Why would you make that choice? Number two, you can be an optimist because you're a Christian. Because our faith in Jesus Christ and the Bible are the source of radical optimism. Optimism is in part defined as hopefulness. And the Christian God has called us to be a people of hope. 1 Peter 1.4 calls our faith a living hope. It's not static and it's not uh, uh, stagnant. It's not just for a moment in time. It's not when things are just going the way you hoped they would or you thought they would or you wanted them to go a certain way or you prayed they would go that way. Your hope is in Christ and he's steadfast. It's the one anchor. It's the one landing place you can be sure of. It's a place that you could tie your boat in the middle of a storm and know that it will survive. You have a steadfast, a living hope that goes with you regardless of what's going on in your life. It's not religion. It's the essence of life itself. It's being alive in the fullest, truest, purest sense of the word, alive in body, mind, and spirit. God wants to give that optimism and that positive attitude to you in every aspect of your life because those little bits and pieces of your life form together to make you who you are. And if you're keeping these dark uh, rooms and closets closed to the work of the Holy Spirit, 
you're going to have darkness. 2 Thessalonians 2.16 says, it's a good hope, a hope for today in terms of our quality of life. It's not about the negative. It's not about the cynical. It's not about gloom and doom. Our faith is not those things. Romans 15.13, now the God of hope, the God of hope, I don't see too many gods who have that title. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. There is joy and there is peace when you have put your expectation in God's hands. When you trust him to get you through those particular moments in your life when you didn't think you could. Experiences come to all of us. Things come to all of us that seem overwhelming. Even the Titanic went down when it struck an iceberg. There are times when an individual can be hit by something so big and so bad that you just feel you're going to go down. But I want to tell you something. God will keep your boat afloat. He's going to help you get through those moments and you know that I'm speaking the truth to you because you've been through those moments and you didn't think you were going to get through them, and yet you did. And as a Christian, you put your faith and your trust and your hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and you cried out to him in prayer and you asked him to help you get through this. He didn't promise that you'd have no trouble, no promise. No, he promises the contrary. He said, this life is going to be filled with trouble but it's okay, I'll help you get through them. I may not wipe away that circumstance that's giving you angst right now, but I'll help you get through it. I mean, God keeps his promises. Hopeful people, that is optimistic, enthusiastic, cheerful people seem to be swimming against the tide today. In fact, today the only news that is news seems to be bad news, amen? Do you want to live your life on the bad news side of life? I don't think so. I used to be a newsaholic. A newsaholic. I used to really love to watch the news. You know what? Forget about it. There's really nothing there that is uplifting. I mean, so many times I walk away from the news, I'm, I'm, I'm depressed. And I say, why did I listen to that? So I'm gradually weaning myself away from it. Someone said there is no hopeless situations. There are only people who have grown hopeless about those situations. Is that you? I don't want it to be me. Situations hopeless. No, that's, what, that's not what that person said. There are no hopeless situations. There are only people who have grown hopeless about them. Theodore Dostoevsky was a Russian writer. And he said this, hell is hopelessness. It's no accident that above the entrance to Dante's hell is this inscription, leave behind all hope, you who enter here. Hopeless. Why would Christians who will not dwell in that hope, in that hell, and that hopelessness through eternity allow themselves to live life in a hell of hopelessness here? Why would you do that? You're going to avoid the greatest place of hopelessness, and that's hell. That should be a source of rejoicing for us. And we should compare what's happening in our life right now 
what could be happening if we died without Christ. I'm not there. I'm here. If we must be a prisoner to something, let's be a prisoner like Paul to Jesus Christ. Let's be a prisoner of hope, as the scripture says. Number three, a Bible-believing Christian can be an optimist because we choose to have a positive outlook on life. Here's what Philippians 4, 8 says. Now, just, just go through this for a moment. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there any praise, think on these things. In other words, God's giving you the recipe for how to see life, for developing your worldview. He's saying, why are you hanging out on the corner of negativism? Why are you living in that dark place? I've got a whole list of things you can focus in on, and it's where you're focused in, where you focus, that will determine your thought life. What's your focus? You can't keep two thoughts in your head at the same time. So if you're only going to think negative, that's all that's going to stay there. You can display, displace the negative with positive. And it's these things, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are beautiful, things that are, have, that are good, and things that are virtuous. Proverbs 23, 7 says this, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You see, it all starts up here. It's how you're thinking that shapes your day. If you get out of the bed and the first thing you do is kick the cat, you know we're heading for trouble. It's one of those days, and you're setting yourself for one of those days. Why would you do that? Get on your knees and ask God to help change your mindset. What do you want to think about? What do you want to dwell on? What do you want as the focus of your attention? I know I don't want to focus on the negatives because in my mind, negative thinking is stinking thinking. Sam Smith went to church on Sunday morning. He heard the keyboard player miss a note and he winced. He saw a teenager talking with everybody when she was supposed to be in a pew bowed in prayer. He felt the usher was watching to see what he put in the offering plate and they made him boil. He caught the preacher making a slip of the tongue five times in the sermon by actual count. If you're keeping count, I think I'm up to 30. As he slipped out through the side door during the closing hymn, he muttered to himself, I'm never coming back to that place again. What a bunch of clods and hypocrites. Joe Jones went to church on Sunday morning. He heard the keyboard player play an arrangement of A Mighty Fortress Is Our God. And he was thrilled with the majesty of it. He heard a young girl take a moment in the service to speak her simple moving message of the difference of faith makes in her life. He was glad to see that his church was taking up a special offering for missions. He especially appreciated the sermon that Sunday. It seemed to speak just to him. He thought as he walked out the doors of the church, how can a person come here and not feel the presence of God. Here's the punchline. Both men went to the same church on the same Sunday morning. Each found what he was looking for. 
Let's not live there, looking to find the shortcomings in other people. Let's not look to let pessimism steal our joy. Don't let critics define you. Don't let bad experiences with some people make you cynical of all people. God has made you to look for the silver lining behind every dark cloud. You can do that. You can see that. God can open your eyes to that. God can give you the opportunities to see things different. Optimists get down, but they don't stay down. Number four, you can be optimist, be an optimist because you know the rest of the story. You know the future. I know death is not the end, and that's the biggest bugaboo for most people. Men fear death like children fear the dark. 2 Corinthians 5, 8 says this, we are confident, and I say willing, rather to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. No reincarnation, no oblivion, no death, and that's the end. Death doesn't have a period at the end of that word. It doesn't have an exclamation point. It has a comma. There's more after that. And for the believer in Jesus Christ, the more after that is amazing. It's wonderful. That's why it says we are confident and say we are willing, rather. In other words, we're not afraid. Listen. I understand that death is a fearful thing. And I understand that even Christians can fear death. But I also know this, that many, many times those Christians who fear death also know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're going to heaven. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but everybody's afraid to die to get there. I'm, I'm an optimist because I know my forwarding address. I know not only that, I have a that I'm going to have a life after death. I know where I'm going. John 14, 2 and 3. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Be with God the rest of eternity. We're not going to be sitting on a cloud playing harps or eating Philadelphia cream cheese on a bagel. Although there may be heavenly bagels, who knows? But we're going to be doing a lot when we get to heaven. It's going to be a great and amazing thing. There's nothing on earth to rival it, nothing on earth to parallel it, nothing on earth to compare to it. Are you looking forward to it? I know I'm not saying that you're ready to go. I'm not writing your epitaph. But I am saying that when you do think about it in those good moments, isn't it exciting? Think about people who reject Jesus, don't believe in God, don't believe in... What a way to live. You've got to be pessimistic when you realize the older you get, the closer you get to nothing. The older I get, and I'm not that old, the older I get, the more I realize how precious and sweet what's coming down the line is. My mother's 100 years old. Just a few steps, mom, if you're listening, many steps, just a few steps away from eternity. We all stand on the edge of eternity. We don't realize it. There are, there's our brothers here uh, who have had some dear friends die recently over the last couple of years. Young people. Young people. A lot of young people dying in our country today. If they know Christ, that's one thing. If they don't know Christ, that's another thing. 
But we as believers can be optimistic when we face these trials, especially death, when we know that we have a forwarding address that God's got us. And I know something else. I know what Revelation 21.4 says, that life in eternity will be beautiful. So think about all the things you complain about and tell me if they're encapsulated in this verse. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. No more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. The past is gone forever. Revelation 21.5, and all things become new. You're not living, pulling your vital along. Your body is not being dragged along behind you like you have to do it now. You'll be having a brand new body and all these things are so. Hearts on earth say in the course of a joyful experience, I don't want this to end. We've been to some weddings of late and they were wonderful and you just, you know, you kind of like the one of the party to go on and things don't end. But guess what? It does end. Hearts in heaven say, I don't want this to end. And guess what? It never will. There's a difference. Viva la difference. Is that reason enough for optimism? You can be in optimism because your expectations and your hope for the best are in Jesus Christ. You have hope beyond today, a hope beyond tomorrow, and a hope beyond the grave. The Christian life is a hopeful life. What a way to live. Amen, somebody? You know, if, if you were Pentecostals, if you were Assemblies of God, I'd be getting applauses right now because I said that. Meanwhile, I get, hey, yeah, uh, uh. I'm coming around with a mirror. I'm just going to check under your nose, make sure you're good. But I think, I mean, we should be so grateful that we're going to have these things, that heaven is a wonderful place, and we're going there. So, in closing, optimist. Pessimist, your choice. Let's pray. Father, this morning I just pray that um, we choose the positive. That we hang our sails on a, on a boat called hope. And we wait for the winds of your blessing to shower over us and wash over us and keep us moving forward. We thank you, Lord, that we have an anchor in Jesus Christ in this crazy world, in the world of so many different opinions and so many different ideas and so many people in our face about it. I pray today, Father, that the words that came from your word would sink into our hearts and people would decide that as believers, we should be able to be optimistic about life and have a worldview that looks to heaven as a wonderful place to be, and looks to this life as a wonderful opportunity to live for Jesus. Thank you so much, in Jesus' name, amen.